Welcome back to John Graves Kayak Fishing here on Anchor FM. If you are new to bass fishing, the terminology can be a bit confusing. The jargon anglers have adopted doesn't always make sense at first glance. We bring to you some of the more confusing terms frequently used in our sport, as well as the most appropriate time to employ them. This article in Bassmasters Magazine is titled Untangling the Bassman's Lexicon, and it's written by Don Worth, senior writer. Every sport has its own special lingo, including bass fishing. And when a big name pro says he had to make an adjustment in a tournament, what exactly is he talking about? How is a newcomer to bass fishing supposed to tell a jerkbait from a jitterbug? And what the heck is downsizing? Well, take it from me, a Bassmaster writer since 1970, words matter. If you're having trouble keeping up with the conversation at the local boat dock, it's high time you master these important bass fishing words and phrases. Adjustment. Switching to a different lure or pattern because you weren't catching any bass with the lure or pattern you were using. Or the act of periodically tugging at your uncomfortable sweat-soaked underwear while fishing on a hot summer day. Backlash. Well, that's what you spend 90% of your fishing time picking out of your bait casting reel. Ball and chain. It's the derogatory term pro anglers use to describe the Carolina rig. Cell phone. That's the communication device Bass Angler Sportsman Society pros rely on to keep in touch with family, friends, and sponsors while traveling the tournament circuit. And it's also what you dropped in the lake the last time you went fishing. Champagne. That's that bubbly alcoholic beverage you can plan to uncork when you celebrate your first tournament victory. And it's also how Southern bass anglers mistakenly pronounce New York's Lake Champlain. Cold front. That's an adverse weather condition that invariably occurs during the day when you go fishing. And it's also the reception you get from your wife when you return home late from a fishing trip. Dance. Well, Bill Dance, legendary TV fishing show host. And it's also what you pray your wife won't make you do at your Bass Club's annual banquet. Downsizing. Well, that's switching to a smaller lure and line in order to get finicky bass to bite. It's also having to replace your 21-foot tournament boat with a 12-foot John boat because you couldn't afford the payments. Electronics. On pro anglers' bass boats, an expensive array of highly sophisticated sonar and GPS devices, all of which they got for free. On your bass boat, that's an old ancient flasher unit. The feeding frenzy. That's when a school of hungry bass attacking shad on the surface. 
and it's also the Bass Club members descending upon all-you-can-eat buffet at the Sizzler following a tournament. Finesse fishing. Using perch lures and a Spider-Man spin cast outfit for bass. Flea bag. Well, that's the motel near the lake where your bass club will hold its annual weekend getaway tournament. Flipping. That's an underhand casting technique that pros are good at, but you'll never be able to master it yourself. And it also is the small Arkansas town where bass boats come from. Four stroke. That's a type of outboard motor that doesn't burn oil. It's also the nickname of the guy in your bass club who had to undergo quadruple bypass surgery after making six consecutive trips to the all-you-can-eat buffet at the Sizzler. Jerkbait. That's a minnow-shaped bass lure that suspends in the water column. But it's also any ridiculous-looking lure marketed to clueless wannabe bass anglers via television infomercials. The Jitterbug. That's a noisy topwater lure. But it's also the disgusting creature you saw crawling out of the bathtub drain at the tournament motel. Locals. That's a fisherman living near the lake who have already caught and eaten all the bass out of the places you're going to fish. The missing link. It's the swivel, snap bead, split ring, sinker peg, or other small but essential tackle item you can never find in your boat or tackle box when you desperately need it. But also, what the guy who dips minnows at your local bait shop looks like. A pattern. Well, that's a specific water depth or type of cover, lure, and retrieve that when successfully combined will virtually guarantee a heavy limit of bass. An example would be Freddie caught all of his fish off submerged tires in 14 feet of water by slow rolling a jitterbug. PETA. Well, that's the people for ethical treatment of animals. It's a fringe group of extremist anti-fishing bunny huggers. But also, people enjoying tasty animals, which describes you and your fellow Bass Club members laying waste to barbecue ribs at the Sizzler. Plaintiff. Well, that's how you'll end up referring to your wife after you decide to quit your job and become a bass pro. Pocket Fisherman. Well, that's a cheap plastic spin cast rod and reel combo favored by those who have never been fishing before, recently used by your very annoying brother-in-law when he caught that 12-pound bass. But also, any adult angler that's less than four foot 10 inches tall. Punching. That's a presentation technique where a soft plastic bait is paired with a sinker heavy enough to drop through matted surface weeds. And it's also what usually transpire when you yell at that tattooed bodybuilder on the jet ski to stay the out of your fishing hole. 
Senior Writer. That's an honorary title given to journalists who have written the Bassmaster for many years in lieu of a bigger paycheck. Shaky Head. That's a weighted hook used with a small, soft plastic bait. But it's also the sideways motion your wife's noggin makes when you tell her you're thinking of buying a $65,000 bass boat. The slow roll. That's a moderate steady retrieve used with spinner baits and swim baits. But also what happens to your truck when you forget to engage the emergency brake while attempting to launch your boat at a steep ramp. A trailer. That's a crawfish looking thing of a bob that goes on a jig hook but also what thieves will steal the wheels off of while it's parked at a remote boat ramp. A troll. Well, that's a motorized presentation technique favored by lazy walleye anglers, not permitted in Bass Angler Sportsman Society tournaments. But also, a scary looking creature reported to live under bridges, rumored to collect lost bass lures and eat small children. The umbrella rig. Well, that's a wire contraption that takes 45 minutes to rig up with multiple jig heads and plastic minnows that you'll hang up and bust off on your first cast. Traps, triggers, and the ghost of Basson's past. You know, Patrick Waters is still haunted by the memories of a big bass that barely got away, throwing this crushing fall pattern from the history books. This article in Bassmaster is titled Pattern of the Month, and it's written by Joe Sills. Traps, Triggers, and the Ghost of Bassin's Past you know, Patrick Waters is still haunted by the memory of a big bass that barely got away. Throwing this crushing fall pattern from the history books. In Bassmaster Magazine, this article is titled Pattern of the Month, and it's written by Joe Sills. Patrick Walters still dreams about the fish. Weekly, he says he thinks about the monster that jumped ten times on its way to his boat, hanging on by a single treble hook attached to a rattle trap. Fifteen years ago, while fishing with his dad in a tournament on South Carolina's Sandy Cooper, Walters felt his line go tight and his breath leave his lungs as a bass larger than any he had ever seen, bigger than the two 10-pounders and the 11-pounder he's caught since, soar into the sky. She was the biggest fish I'd ever lost in my entire life. I bombed a trap out there, and it just loads up. I could see the hook flailing as she jumped over and over again, but she never got off. About three feet from the boat, my dad grabs the net and I see her just barely get her gills out of the water. And at the end of the net, the hook just falls out. 
and she rolled over and swam down, and she could barely swim. She was so tired. Well, that's the kind of fish this month's pattern aims to put you on. It's a historic pattern from the pages of bass fishing lore. Fall fishing with a lipless crankbait. Now, for our purposes, we'll use the word rattle trap in the same way older readers call all tissues a Kleenex or all 90s kids call video games Nintendo. Well, these days, Walters is hooked on Rapala's Rip and Rap, a tricked-out version of the American classic that was probably one of the first lures in the tackle box of many readers. And if it wasn't, you'll want to go out and get your own version immediately. Hands down, this is probably one of the best search baits they make. For some reason, you don't see it as much in tournaments anymore, but I think it's a great universal bait that appeals to fish all over the water column. Walters was in middle school the first time he learned the art of the trap. Then he'd sneak out after school and catch white bass, striped bass, and largemouth on a powerful search bait that covers water nearly as quickly as a real bait fish. His color then, as it is now, was blue and chrome. I even took Emily, my wife, out there on the lake when we were dating in high school and started trolling for bass. Sure enough, we caught them. Well, the key to finding bass with a trap is finding bait. In the fall, bass should be chasing bait fish and pushing them shallow in most reservoirs around the country. In turn, you'll want to blast your way into the back of the creek and look for targets of opportunity like wood, flats, or riprap as you work your way back toward the main lake. When you're around flats and the backs of pockets, you can put the boat all the way in the back and start as shallow as possible. Throw it in the middle, throw it at the bank, whale it around the cover, just start fan casting and work your way out. Walters tethers his trap to a 14-pound suffix fluorocarbon using the most versatile knot there is, the polymer. Using a 7-foot or a 7-foot 4-inch medium action rod, he picks a target and slings the bait. Be generous with your target areas, Walter says. Fish are often suspended more than you might believe. He says that even in 10 feet of water, the fish might be suspending at just three or four feet waiting uh, your imitation bait fish to swim by. After a few casts, you should be able to build a muscle memory of what your trap feels like in the water. You should know its wobbles and ticks and you you'll be able to recognize the sudden pop when a fish strikes and you're in for a fight. Though this pattern may seem simple, boat positioning is still of consequence, especially if you're fishing a flat. Keep off of the drop-off, cautions waters. If the boat is in one to four feet of water, it's displacing a lot of water, and fish can feel that weight. I like to sit a little deeper to give myself a better chance of going undetected when I'm throwing the bait up into that flat. 
If the bike gets tough, consider downsizing the standard half-ounce trap to a smaller quarter-ounce variety. According to Walters, that can be a difference maker for finicky fish. I've seen them not touch that half-ounce bait he adds, but when I switch and go smaller, they seem to key in and knock it out of the park. You'll pardon Walters if he seems nostalgic about the trap. After all, the old girl has weathered decades of changes in lure design and fishing techniques. She's seen the rise and fall of the depth sounders and LCD fish finder, side scan sonar, and live imaging technology. And at the end of the day, she's still there for us every fall, clad in that familiar chrome and blue, just waiting for another day on the water with you. Honest to God, it might be the greatest fish finder of all time, Walter concludes. Before thinking one more time about the monster bass that barely got away. Patrick Water says one of the most powerful one-two punches in bass fishing is in the hands of fall anglers who are using a lipless crankbait like the Rappel of Rip and Rap and a Buzzbait. His weapon of choice is a half-ounce Zorro head knocker with a zoom horny toed skirt. Mated with 50-pound suffix braid and a 7-foot, 4-inch Daiwa Tatula Elite rod, this potent backup plan is perfect for harassing fish on hard shade lines often found along riverbanks in the waning days of autumn. Make like waters and skip years under docks below overhanging trees and around grass lines at times when topwater seems to be more active than the subsurface bite catered to by the trap. Now in terms of the weather, Sunny days are perfect. With a light wind creating a ripple on the water, the sun should play into the hands of the chrome and the blue trap, while the wind obscures your presence from fish and helps bass feel more comfortable while chasing bait. I pay special attention to cover. On cloudy days, it's worth a shot. They can be just as potent as sunny days, though Patrick Waters says you'll want to change the color of your bait to a more opaque option. He prefers semi-clear white colors on days with clouds. As a bonus, these days can encourage bass to chase bait more freely. Dead calm, you need to change it up. Isn't your best friend with this type of pattern when it's just dead on the water. Without chop, your presence in shallow areas becomes very noticeable to bass. The waters say they will still bite. Bluebird skies and flat water could make your task more challenging and may present a better opportunity for a buzzbait.